Howdy Partners. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Usually each week we talk about a bunch of different scary stuff like cryptozoology. Bigfoot footprints. Which we saw this weekend, which we'll talk about. Urban legends. Uh, legend. Oh, I've already, I was going to say legends of the hidden temple, but we've already... We've already discussed that. Um, How sometimes fireplaces, you know, they're like a portal to heck and you can crawl in them and like go to heck if you have like that magic fire or something. Paranormal experiences. (laughs) And underground tunnels that the mole people use. Oh, so you're really into tunnels this week. What? Heck tunnels. Yeah. Mole tunnels. Yeah. Tunnels. Sure. I'm all about, you know that I'm all about those tunnels. Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Passing um, out. <laughs> yeah, just passing out and In how general. and how weird passing out is. Well, each week, again, usually, Lindsay and I will research a topic separately from one another and then bring it in and discuss it for the first time with each of us and every single one of you on our show, together forever, living in mystery, shrouded, spooky stories, and then the veil is lifted no. and then we learn together. But this week... Lindsay and I went to CryptidCon in Kentucky, in Frankfort, Kentucky, this weekend, and we had a blast. So we're just going to talk about some things that we saw or we learned or people that we met. Yeah, we are actually. So this is our first, our very first episode, Collabo. Well, we kind of did it when we did the Mothman, when you and I went to Point Pleasant. Yeah. Which we found out is this next weekend. Yeah. If you don't have anything to do next weekend, head on down to, what is it? Point Pleasant, Point West Pleasant, Virginia. Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't type in West Virginia. I bet you it'll autocorrect you for West Virginia. There'll be the main Mothman, Jeff Wamsley down there. Yeah. Jeff- Tell him spooky spouses say hi. Yeah. Because we, we talked to him for a little while and he was very nice. Yeah. He'll have all these great stories about Mothman and... He owns the Mothman Museum down there. That's right. He's been on TV a few times. He's been interviewed a bunch. He, I think he helped a little bit with the Mothman movie or something, or he at least has a bunch of the memorabilia in his place. Yeah. Go get that Wamsley. Go get that Wamsley. (laughs) (laughs) Go get Wamsley'd. Hey, if you're like, if you're sitting at home or you're driving or you're doing the dishes or you're mowing the lawn, does anyone else mow the lawn and listen to podcasts? I do. But either way, if you're doing that and you're like, well, wouldn't you know it? I haven't been Wamsley'd in a grip. Hashtag Wamsley. Now for my dad or Lindsay's mom who's listening, a grip means a long time. Yeah. It's longer than a week or so. But if you haven't been Wamsley'd, yeah, go to Point Pleasant and go to the Mothman Festival. It's apparently, according to Jeff Wamsley, it's bigger and bigger each year. So next weekend, if you're listening to this episode, it's the, what is it, like the the 14th or something? I'm looking right now, but I just got a new phone, so I can't find (laughs) my calendar. Found it. (laughs) It is going to be, I think, the 14th through the 16th. I believe it's all weekend. You might have to look it up. But it's supposed to be like twenty to 30,000 people come. Jeff was saying that, sorry, Wamsley was, Wamsley. Wamsley was talking to us when we were down there for our second episode. He was saying that like people had come over there from Japan, from New Zealand or something. Oh, they love it. 
they do love it. And I'm sure you and I would love it, but we kind of winged it because we're not able to go this year because we're going to be I know. in Erie, Pennsylvania for a family reunion. Maybe we'll find something spooky there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all of my Italian relatives in Erie. Maybe. Well, that's where the pizza bomber lived. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was on Canal Street. No, Peach Street. Yeah, in off Erie. of Peach Street. The pizza bomber, the pizza delivery guy, mystery, that had a bomb strapped to his neck and was forced to rob a bank. Or we think he was forced. We don't know. Yeah, there's that Netflix special. What's it called? The shoot 'em up stab <laughs> I think it's just the pizza bomb. No, it's like the like unsolved. Mysteries at the Mysteries at the Pizza Zium or something like it's that. It's not Mysteries at the Pizza Zium. I forget. Well, hey, if this is your very first episode, I think you might have hopped in at an odd one because we're just going to be chronologically going through what we did at CryptidCon and talking to you guys about it because it was so much fun and we highly, highly, highly recommend it to anyone who wants to go next year. Yeah, and they do it all over the place. They said that actually the one in Ohio is one of their favorite ones as we like talked to some people around the whole Crypticon. They actually said that one was a really big one. So next year we'll have to make our own Ohio one and yeah. not drive all the way to Kentucky. Although Kentucky was a very, like Frankfurt was a very sleepy, quiet town that almost made it kind of creepier. Yeah, good coffee and really good, almost too good baked goods that we got. Oh, yes. I forget the name of that bakery, but it was delicious. Uh, it was delicious. Bees, I think. Bees Bakery. Bees Bakery. And then delicious. we got, where, where did we get breakfast at that? The Kentucky Coffee Tree? Yes, very odd. Yeah, it was an odd but place. But it was good. But it was very good. So anyways, talking about creepy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Crypticon was awesome. I mean, we don't want to give away too much stuff, but I feel like I learned some things at Crypticon for sure. I 100% learned some things. I think the thing that we learned the most, quite honestly, is just how nice everybody in the whole like cryptid universe or paranormal or whatever universe, is, like how, how friendly they all were. Right. And I know that you're more into cryptids and I am. all that stuff. And, I, and I'm not sure if it's because I'm more gullible, but I just like creatures. Well, I don't really, my percentage of really believing is not quite all there. Sure. So, I mean, the first room that we got into was a man that actually had footprints and handprints and castings. Yes. Of, would you call them big feet? Or would you just call him Bigfoot if there's more than one Bigfoot? Oh, do you mean like if it's a deer and if there are more than one deer, they're still deer? Yeah. Like multiple Bigfoot, but Bigfoots? I think I've heard people say Bigfoots, but Bigfoots. I'm not sure. Now, a little bit jumping ahead, you and I did make very, very good friends with James Bobo Fay. And yes. if he's listening to the show, which I highly doubt that he is, <laughs> but if he is, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's Big Bigfoots. I think you might be right. But yeah, I mean, I guess the one thing that surprised me when I went there was I really thought it was going to be like a con or a festival or, you know, just a gathering where it's kind of like a Comic-Con where it's like everybody dresses up, but they know it's like kind of borderline silly. Sure. But like this guy was real. This guy was super real. I, I, I didn't catch his name, but he was either the founder or somewhat of importance for the Northern Kentucky Bigfoot Research Group or the NKBRG, which a lot of people get the NKBRG confused with uh, Nancy's Kitchen, Bacon, Rice, and Grease, which oh. is, yeah, so it's it's easily confused with that. 
But this guy was the first person to have two separate types of casts. The one that's, it's not the less important of the two, but it's maybe not as groundbreaking, quote unquote. He's the first person to have the exact same foot and handprint casting taken from yeah. the exact same he location. He called it like... Uh, Gargantuo or like Giganti Boy <laughs> or uh, Big uh, big big Boy from But Outcast. like people actually walked in the room and were like, oh my God, this is... Gigantimo. <laughs> Gigantimo. Let's call it something big so we don't keep making up. Why don't we call it... Um, okay, so on, on our way back home, we did stop at the Newport Aquarium, which is very nice, and there was an alligator there named Big Mike. So let's just call this print Big Mike. Yeah, but people knew it, and like, they were... See, my point of view, they were impressive, but I, I still don't believe it. And like, I, I think that there's probably a rational explanation for some of these things. They could easily be just faked 100%. Or, right. But I mean, the uh, the only other option is that they're real. He had a lot of castings. He had a ton of castings. So the, the one casting from Big Mike, the same foot in hand, was by a pond where they think that a Bigfoot was squatting down getting a drink of water from a pond. And there was... But the thing, though, okay, think about it. He had a foot and a hand, and it was squatting down at a... a a river or a pond to get a drink of water. I know what you're going to say. Why wouldn't it put his knee down? No, okay. I thought you were going to ask where was its clean canteen or where was its hydro flask? No, I don't care. But like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you think about when you bend over at a river, like if you're really tall, say you're seven foot tall, which Bigfoot is supposed to be. Yeah, and I am. So you don't just like have your foot down and then you put your hand down and then you drink out of the river to bend over. Like that's... I mean, you would like kneel. You would put your foot and kneel on a knee and then put your hand down and then drink out of the river. Well, maybe there was a knee casting, but I think like... They just mistaken it for a hole. Well, maybe that or... I guess there's not a lot of Bigfoot knee casting. and And that's what I'm saying is like maybe a knee casting isn't the most impressive looking thing. But if you put it with the set... If you put it with the set and lay it out. Now, I will say that this guy didn't have Big Mike's casts displayed right next to each other which was a little weird he said oh this is the foot and then it was like another cast in between the two. Oh, and this is the hand i yeah. would say like honestly if you want to wow people make a small little diagram of how it was have a photo or something and then have them laid out approximately how far spaced it was when you actually found them because then you get a better idea of size and scope and scale and stuff right sorry for all the alliteration but you you do yeah i mean I think it's really easy to make a cast. I also do. And I think that you could easily learn how to do that. So I just don't know like if that's enough proof for me to believe. I also don't think it's enough proof for me to believe or enough evidence for me to believe. But I mean, I would love to see a really, really good photo. I would love to see some really good video. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would like, if I were in the woods, if you and I went on some like Bigfoot hunting expedition, or not really hunting, but Bigfoot like listening expedition, I would be blown away if you and I heard some noises, like super but late at night. there's so many animals and stuff. Sure, but, but think about like the animals that you and I know exist in Northeast Ohio. Or even like northern Kentucky, which is almost the exact same animals we have up here. Maybe there's mountain lions or something. I don't I don't really know that much about it. But hearing like loud screams or whistles or something, I think being in the moment would be pretty intense. I think a Bigfoot would literally have to smack me in the face for me to be like, oh, that's a Bigfoot. 
Ah, and that's what you would say. Or like if it's a Harry and the Henderson situation where it's like, oh, we found him. Now we got to take care of him. Oh, you would you would want to bring it home to our house yeah. and raise it. How many days would it take you of having the Bigfoot in our house? How many days after the fact would it take you to go, you know, I think this is I think this is real. Four days? No, Three. I mean, I would believe it right away. I don't know. I don't think Molly would appreciate a Bigfoot here. I wouldn't name it Harry, that's for sure. No, that's a little bit too on the nose. Susan. Okay. Whether it's a guy or a girl. Susan's fine. Sue. Well, I I would think that, you know, it would prefer being called Susan because it just shows... Respect. Respect, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, he was pretty cool. I mean, there was a lot of different vendors and... Well, um, we, we didn't talk about his second piece of evidence, his like groundbreaking. Oh, so I See, I think his groundbreaking... I'm sorry. His groundbreaking piece of evidence is a is crap. Whoa, easy. <laughs> Maybe say uh, doo-doo. It's, it's doo-doo. <laughs> It might you be put it, okay. Look, like are, you put a jar of Nutella in a tree, yeah, and some reach in there. Okay, so what he did and he's done before is they've gotten like jars of peanut butter, either peanut butter or Nutella, nothing in between, no goober, no nothing at all, and they put it super high up in trees, and then they'll say, you know, they they go back the next morning and it's either completely and totally empty or. Because an animal probably ate it. Exactly, because an animal ate it. Or it's somewhere down a hill if it was on a hill or somewhere far away. An animal could take it and put it down a hill. Oh, yeah, easily. But they they took the Nutella jar and this one thing. It's called the Nutella cast, and which is similar to a Sega Dream cast, but this one is just full of Nutella and it's not. it doesn't really work very well. But they put this jar of Nutella up in a tree. He didn't say don't how they, high. Don't they put it in PVC p- pipe too? Yeah. They mm-hmm. they fasten it inside of a PVC pipe. And then they said they, they put it there and they went back the next morning. And it wasn't on the tree, but it was farther up the hill because this tree was on a hill. And then they saw on the inside, there was it looked like a hand had dug in there. And they had casted, they had made a cast of the inside of the jar of Nutella and I guess it looked like the finger, like if someone's fingers were to grab inside the jar of Nutella. Yes. And he casted that. Now, when he was showing us the Nutella cast, he was talking to us about how Cliff Barockman from Finding Bigfoot, he was also at CryptidCon, how he saw it and was like blown away or so he said. But when he was showing it to us, it kind of looked like the shape, the, the shape and size of his fingers. Or I have a lot of girlfriends that love Nutella. If they were out hiking in the woods, they might reach on in there. <laughs> well, Nutella, I don't know if it still is these days, but at least last year, it was like turning into like it was getting pretty popular. It was in, like the like, new peanut butter. Meme culture. A lot of a oh, lot yeah. of uh, memeing teens loved putting Nutella stuff all over the internet. Or like if it's in PVC pipe, maybe they're like, what's in there? And someone reached in there and then was like, oh, ew. What is it? Is it poop? It looks a little bit like... Or is like, it Nutella? It looks like dookie. Poop or chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then they played that game, poop yeah. or chocolate. And then, and then they had their least favorite friend try it. And they're like, oh, it turns out it's I Nutella. Forget, I always forget how you f- how you win or how you find out poop or chocolate. Is it a sniff test or is like, do you have to like do a little taste? I think you just eat it. Okay. So lucky for them, it was Nutella. Right. Oh, thank God. Yeah, what a <laughs> nice it? surprise. Yeah, what a wonderful surprise. But yeah, I mean, he did a casting off of it. It was He was really excited about it, so I'm excited for him that he was excited. And if Cliff Brockman wants to give him props, then, you know, you do you. Yeah, 
I agree. I it was it was cool to see, and I got excited about it yeah. because I had never seen a cast like that. Now, could that cast be one million percent fake? Sure. Could all Bigfoot casts be fake? Yes. Yeah, and Are I can agree. All? I can agree with that. Like, do I really believe that they're real? No, but I've never seen a real Bigfoot casting, so it was kind of cool to see, like, you know, the cement mixed with the hay or whatever they used to cast. I mean, everything looked like it was kind of casted differently. I'm pretty sure it's like usually it's like mud and it's, hay, or and... like plaster of Paris, or if they don't have yeah. that, it's like something quick and something what cheap and quick, right? I think in order to get him. But yeah, he had like 20 casts or something. He had a lot. Around this table. And when, as soon as we got in there, we, we'd asked him questions. And then, yeah, like Lindsay was saying, a bunch of people just bombarded that room. And then it we got kinda, a little crazy. We kind of just dipped out. Yeah. Because we had to leave our house. For, first off, we left our house. Second of all, we went to a place where there was, it was crowded. And you know, I was really surprised because with Bigfoot stuff and like, how it's kind of more our generation and younger generations. There was a variety of age groups and oh, yeah. people and personalities. And like, it was really cool to see all these different people that came there. I mean, people I with Mothman shirts and Bigfoot shirts and all the cryptids and all the artists and stuff that came out that do all these really cool prints of all the different cryptids. And I don't know, it was, it was really interesting. Yeah, we we didn't get um, any of the names of the artists, but there was some awesome cryptid yeah. art, like some really, really cool stuff. And there was like books that these artists have made with like hand-drawn prints. Some were cartoony and cute. Others were like a little bit more macabre looking and angry. And they had dis descriptions of like all the well-known cryptids and stuff. It was super cool. Yeah. And that kind of makes me want to talk about one cryptid that I did not know existed. Oh, yeah. That I kept seeing pop up there. And I just really liked its name. And I was like, have, have you ever heard of this monster? But the Momo monster. Two answers. One, I have never in my life, not, not even like researching stuff for the show, have I ever come across the Momo? No. My, my second answer is Momos are very good dumplings that you and I like to eat. Oh, delicious. Oh, I think my. maybe that's why I really like this one. This is what we always say, isn't it? Mm, delicious dumplings. <laughs> but the Momo is a local legend in, it's reported to live in Missouri. So it is kind of similar to the Bigfoot. So okay. I could see why the Momo was really big at this convention. And the name Momo is short for Missouri monster. Oh, see, that's, that's cool. Like that, what a cool nickname. Right. Well, what he looks like is he's reported to have a large pumpkin-shaped head. Well, that's so just... So a rounder mean. little head. That's mean. A furry body, like Bigfoot. Yeah. Hair covering his eyes, which resembles shag carpet. Oh, sure. So he got really hairy eyes. I so I just think like, oh, he's a prettier Bigfoot. Or like probably. Cousin It. Oh, could you imagine that? Just like... A Bigfoot, maybe with a little bit bigger of a head, which aesthetically might be okay, and then just luscious locks, like this gorgeous well, hair. Well, it's just above his eyes. He's got these like beautiful eyelashes. Oh, no, that sounds very nice. That's what I think. But um, he was first reported in 1971 near Louisiana, Missouri by Joan Mills and Mary Ryan. So he I was going to suggest that it was probably found in the 70s because I don't know anyone else except for if you were like alive in the 60s or 70s that would equate 
anything his to shag eyelashes carpet. like shag carpet yeah. Yeah. yeah i think that's why i really like him too because i am obsessed with the 70s i love everything about the 70s so i think that's why i'm really digging the momo monster i will i will say the the 1970s did have the coolest color palette yeah it's just like muted colorful it's weird yes but he was documented reported up and down the missouri river and it is supposedly a large seven foot tall hairy usually black fur man-like creature that emits a terrible odor so very similar to skunkfoot yeah that's just i didn't know a lot about the momo monster and i kept seeing these like really cute drawings of like basically a bigfoot with like luscious lashes and adorable and then i was like oh this is momo and then the one film director yes um okay so we we saw i was a little starstruck and like i Lindsay made the comment too that i feel like i'm pretty outgoing but when we got there and we saw some people that i like knew who they were like bobo or this guy seth breedlove the owner and director of the whole small town monster series i kind of clam up and i don't want to say much you do. But we we saw Seth Breedlove. So Seth Breedlove is the owner of this uh, production company called Small Town Monsters. And uh, for any of you, which I'm sure is most of you who own uh, Hulu or Netflix or Amazon Video or whatever, have seen some of his movies on there. Like there's he has one about the Mothman, uh, the Mysteries or something at Chestnut Ridge. I believe he just put one out. Maybe the Flatwoods Monster, I think, but it's a series of video. Oh, the 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 Mothman one is my favorite. But he put out a, or he he's he's continuing to put out a series of documentaries about famous cryptids all over the U.S. Yeah, and he's gonna do one about the Momo, which is awesome. So I guess I'll watch that one. I mean, I'm not a Bigfoot person, but maybe I'm just a Momo person. Maybe maybe you're just a Momo lady. Maybe I like hashtag Momo for oh. life. <laughs> Hashtag Momo. Hashtag Momomo problems. I think Momo is for the ladies. Why? And why? Because of its luscious lashes? Because it's shag-like lashes. Yeah. I think maybe like in terms of aesthetics or swagger, it's it's, it's the most, uh, what what does everyone say? Uh, fire. Fleek squad. Probably. Yeah. It's the, mo- it's the most fleek fashion. Probably. Fleek fashion forward, uh, which is something that I always say. Now, right next to Seth Breedlove's uh, Small Town Monsters booth were Cliff Barockman and Bobo from Finding Bigfoot. Yes, and I think my favorite part of the whole Crypticon was talking to Bobo and having him get pretty real with us and tell us about how he did not like one guy there that was dressed and decked out in like Bigfoot hunting gear and was just a creepy man. Like he kind of reminds me of like maybe the Gary Busey of Crypticon. Yeah, he was like maybe his his oeuvre, his his uh, what being his soul was very Gary Busey like, but he was for sure cargo camo pants with a camo vest tucked into the pants. Oh, he was ready. He, he was, was ready to yes. like he had hunt a, Bigfoot uh, now. What was it? It was a camo fisherman's hat, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then probably we we didn't see, but I I would assume more than one very intense necklace. Long gray hair. Long gray hair in a ponytail. Yep. Beard for sure. Yeah, Bobo actually was talking to us. He was really nice, and he actually stopped 
And I saw him eye this guy down and he said that he's been here all weekend and he just does not <laughs> like that guy. Yeah, it was so funny because we, we actually had like a really nice conversation with Bobo and then he stopped and he was like, oh, there that guy is. I don't like that guy. And we look over and he was like, that guy right there. And like he made sure we knew who he was, who he yeah, was talking about. I think he was warning us because he's like, stay away from that guy. And we, we drove past the convention a few times after we had left because Frankfurt's very small and there's only like, you know, a few routes to get to wherever. And we saw that guy there almost the oh, entire day. All over the place. Uh, we also, Bobo said that we could work security for him whenever we wanted to. So he'd let us know. So if you don't hear from us for a while, it's because we have now gotten jobs working security for Bobo. Yes. Bobo moved in slow motion the he, entire yeah. time. Uh, he, he's a very calm person. Very calm. Uh, and I'm sure if you remember him from the show, he had this long black hair. Now he's just clean shaven, wears his hat still, his gone squatching hat. Which we got that hat and he signed it for us. He did. Uh, if you've seen any of the photos or the photo that Lindsay posted on our Instagram. My third selfie ever. Which can we just stop and say congratulations <laughs> to Lindsay for taking. Uh, it took me like what 15 minutes to figure it out it did because directly from the convention or no we, we went to the convention we went and got something to eat i believe and then we were driving to the buffalo trace distillery and then the whole time the whole drive to buffalo trace from where we were yeah it was about 15 minutes Lindsay was trying to get a photo of the hatton i was actually really like proud of you that it took you so long because it's like i'm just glad that you don't sit there all day and just take needless selfies no but i props to people that take selfies because that's not an easy matter <laughs> no it's not it's difficult oh my gosh i couldn't like hold my phone and then i was trying to point to the hat and what else did bobo tell us oh bobo told us that his second favorite cryptid are like river serpents which I can get behind that. So can I. I mean, we, we don't know very much about the ocean or seas or whatever, like anything living under the water, right? But we were just at the Newport Aquarium, good aquarium, by the awesome. way. And like some of those like eels and sharks and like those are some big animals. Like I could see someone finding something new or different because we find new things in the ocean all the time. Yeah. That I would believe this like humongous catfish tricked people into thinking that it was like Loch Ness. Oh, for sure. So could I. Or there's like Nessie still out there. Just kicking it. He's just kicking it. And he's like, I made a mistake years ago. I surfaced. <laughs> I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I had to breathe and it was daytime. So, so and I surfaced uh, and now people are looking for me. So sue me. They only got crappy pictures. Yeah, really bad ones. All, all of them are blurry. Every picture of any cryptid is blurry. <laughs> Well, I think that's a prereq. <laughs> that your camera is only half working when you go out to take... Like, you're going to take good equipment if you're going to go out. Like, if you're out and about and you think you see a Bigfoot and you snap it and it's like, oh, it's blurry because I was not prepared for this and I tried to get my camera on my phone and I got a blurry picture. But it's like, if you're going out searching and you get a blurry picture, what did you take? Yeah, it's it's almost like, well, heading out squatching. Do I take my super nice... $3,000 camera. Or my disposable uh, film camera. You know what I'm going to take is my first flip phone ever from 2001. That, that take a picture. That doesn't have a camera. But uh, I'll just, I'll figure it I'll out. I'll just draw it. I'll draw it. It's fine. <laughs> what do you think, Lindsay? You want to take a quick break and do some hunter housekeeping? And then we'll come back and then finish up our talk about CryptidCon? Yeah, we have some exciting stuff. 
a really cool person I was excited to meet. We met and some cool like little places and societies that you can go visit or donate to. Yes. Yeah. So we have some cool stuff coming up. So we'll let you know all about it. All about it. All about it. Was that okay? Sure. All, do you think that's what they say? Uh, what they say on haunted ships? All aboard. No? Yeah, well, scary ships. We did see a scary ship. Yeah, the USS Nightmare. Which we'll talk about soon. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll tell you all about it in three, two, one. Our first sponsor this week is our luggable luggage buddies over at Muzzam Backpacks. We used my Muzzam bag this weekend to carry all of our recording equipment in. And you know what? We didn't even open it up while we were there, but that's okay. But it fit in there great. But it fit in there great, yeah. And it we, stayed in there. It stayed in there where it's supposed Without to be. Without us taking it out of it. On time out. Yeah, if uh, we we did get back from CryptidCon uh, to our hotel and we slept for 12 hours, I believe. Yeah. So, hey, we were tuckered out, everyone. But if you're really sleepy and you have a bunch of recording equipment with you in your Muzzam bag, it'll stay there and it won't come out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Muzzam uh, is a fairly new backpack company that's making fashionable backpacks at an awesome price, even without our discount of 10% off. They have two sizes, a large and a small, in a variety of colors and patterns that are eye-catching. Some would say unique. Yeah. Others would say original. So if you want to check out what Muzzam has to offer, go to muzzam.com. That is M-U-Z-M-M.com. Browse their packs, which is something I always say. Scope the scope their satchels. As something I've also said twice in my life. Right. Check out their backpacks. And then if you use the code Jordan Reed, J-R-D-N Reed at checkout, you can get 10% off of any backpack or series of backpacks that you want. So go check them out. Our next sponsor is Warby Parker. How are you supposed to find a Bigfoot if you can't see him? I was going to say that too. Maybe even over your old crappy flip phone camera, if you take off your Warby Parkers and hold the lens in front of the camera, maybe that'll work. I heard that if you wear Warby Parker frames, you see ghosts better than other people. I can attest to that. And I that is 100% true. I'm not crossing my fingers or I'm not saying psych under my breath after I say that's 100% true, psych. Or you just are into spooky stuff. We both wear Warby Parker frames and we absolutely love them. Yeah, that's the one thing uh, as we were leaving when we met Bobo, he said, give me your glasses or I'm going to beat you up in the parking lot. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck, dude? I said, all right, here you go. So He's now, not like Mr. Larson from Happy Gilmore. And I'll be waiting for you in the, <laughs> in the parking lot. I'm Bobo. Well, I can see how that relation could could work out. Yeah, they're both tall. Yeah, and they both kind of move a little bit slow. Bobo could take a nail to the head. But anyways, I'm sure Bigfoot would wear frames, and I'm sure he would wear Warby Parker frames. I think you're absolutely right. He, he would get some for his whole family. Absolutely, because they have kids now. And they have fashionable prescription sunglasses as well. They also take insurance. So if you can't get to a brick and mortar store, you can check them out online at warbyparker.com. And you can try on all their frames for free. They just send them right to your house and then you send them back. Yeah, you can do their home try-on program. You can pick five frames at a time, get a box of Warbos shipped to your homestead, try them on, take a bunch of selfies if you 
you know, if you want, send them to your friends and family. If no one likes them, or if you don't like them, send them back at five more. And if you want to do that, simply go to bit.ly slash cscav, that's S-E-E scav, and start trying on some spectacular specs. Yeah, most of their frames all start at $95, and every frame that you purchase for Warby Parker, they give a pair of glasses to someone in need. So how nice. And we, uh, Lindsay and I personally are trying to convince Warby Parker that uh, during Halloween that they also need to give a pair to any cryptid family in need. Or ghosts. I mean, ghosts need to see too. And also, it would be easier for you or anybody to spot ghosts if they're floating around with a pair of super fashionable prescription shades on to block you out the haters. You would just see Warby Parker frames just floating around. You just want to go to bit.ly slash cscav. Check them out. Welcome back, everybody. We are now officially calling this last half of our show the Bobo Bonus Time because we like Bobo so much because he's he's our new best friend. I did like Bobo. I honestly, I think I liked Nick Groff better. So we met Nick Groff and it was actually like really great. Yeah, I for years have watched Nick on Ghost Adventures and now he has his own show. Um, he kind of parted ways, but... I still watch Ghost Adventures for any of you Ghost Adventure lovers out there. But yeah, Nick was one of the original cast members and we got to meet him and he was super nice. Yeah, like incredibly nice. Uh, and I and I felt bad because I I'm a handshaker and I know that like at these things certain celebrities I've heard say they don't like shaking hands all the time because it's like I don't know where your hands have been. But hey, he's probably sh- grabbing big feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep saying big feet because I think I like that better than big foots. Hey, it's your journey, Lens. <laughs> you do whatever you want. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say big feet. But he shook my hand a bunch, and then I every single time I was like, oh, I'm going in for another handshake. Oops, I meant to hit the rock, or just like I'm mean, like well, I I don't know. I'm not gonna like rub his arm. Hey, thanks. And I give him a little arm rub. Right. You know. But he was he was so incredibly nice. He took time to talk with us. He was just wandering around, and I didn't want to say hi, and I got really nervous. And Linz convinced us to go say hi, which I'm very glad that you did, Lindsay. Um, yeah. And I just yeah, we walked up, said, oh hey Nick. He went, oh, hey. And then we talked. Like we were buddies for yeah. years. It was great. He he took the time. He signed an autograph for us, told us about his new shows, told us about he's starting a new network. He was just a very, very nice person. Yeah, we told him a little bit about our podcast. I feel like we're very humble when we talk to a lot of people. And, you know, we usually mention like the reason why we want to know more information is because we do have a podcast and sure. we do like to promote it. But I think, you know, sometimes we need to stop being a little more humble and just throw it out there. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it's just because like, I know me personally, I always have the fear that it's like, oh, great, another person promoting their podcast because even my cat has a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. Right. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if we've made this known on the show, but one of the reasons why we started the show, this show was originally going to be a recap of every single Ghost Adventures episode ever made. Because we love, we love hate Ghost Adventures. So it was just going to be, yeah, a show basically about that whole show. But then we realized we loved everything spooky. So yeah, why put it in a box? Why? Yeah, seriously. Why put it in Pandora's box? Hey, why put it in the the box from Heckraiser? 
whatever that box was called that you like unlocked and I don't know what it did. Oh, like, I forgot ate what it's your called. Face or something. I, I, it just did a lot of bad things to you, I think. That movie was really gratuitous. Well, it made Pinhead come out. Yeah, the heck box. The heck box. Side note, if you ever get to watch bloopers from Heckraiser, Pinhead, I think, is British. <laughs> yeah, he's a, yeah, he and is. they have bloopers of it online, and it's very funny. Yeah, it's really because it's like this British kind of higher pitch voice that you're like, oh, that kind of ruined Pinhead for me. Oh, you're Pinhead hearing it, yeah, hearing hearing this guy break character and say blimey is really yeah, it's really funny. I definitely highly suggest looking that up. Um, but Nick also introduced us to another friend of his on his network, Elizabeth Saint, who was also extremely nice, and she actually wanted us to write stuff down about our show for her, and it was yeah, it was know, very it was, humbling. It was really neat, and like whether whether it was artificial or not. I think having people who are, I mean, Lindsay and I, I think we we barely have our pinky toes dipped into the water of this whole like world. And they are very much so in the whole paranormal world, right? right? But like even having people like as high up as them, like even remotely interested, even if it's for a second, it was just really, it was really great. Well, that was kind of my highlight of the show, but I want to talk about what your highlight of the show was. I know what my highlight of the show was. What was your highlight? Do I know your highlight? Oh, you 100,000% know my highlight. (laughs) So Lindsay and I were leaving CryptidCon. We were walking out of the hotel and we were going to go... I forgot what we did immediately afterwards. I don't know if it really matters. Oh, we went to Daniel Boone's uh, grave and we saw... We went up to... In in that cemetery. cemetery. Not because we're like experts, nor are we really interested in... Daniel Boone and all that stuff, but it just looked like a really pretty cemetery, and we and, and we thought, oh, how fitting, right? Yeah, it was a very old, really kind of neat cemetery. We were looking at the cemetery online, and we both looked at each other, and in unison said, "This is so us." And then we went there. So we went for a little stroll in the cemetery. But before we did that, as we were leaving, we were walking out, and coming out of the parking garage was our new best friend, Felix. And his wonderful Jinko jeans. We do have a picture on Instagram. He had some wonderful pants. Oh my gosh, it was so great. And we we asked his permission and he said yes. And he was really enthusiastic. And he was there with two of his buddies. And Felix graciously let me stand next to his pants for a photo. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was so great. So Felix, if you're listening, thank you so much for letting, for, for satiating my Jinko crave or yes. cra- uh, craving. And then... When we were leaving this morning, I saw Felix as we were leaving. I believe he was eating breakfast in our hotel, but we were leaving super quick and I didn't say hi because we were leaving super quick and he looked like he was enjoying his breakfast. And you got starstruck the first time you saw him in his wonderful Jinko pants. Like, what am I going to do? Go up and be like, oh, hey, Felix, huge fan of yours. Can you please sign my pants? (laughs) Because I'm not even wearing pants. I was wearing shorts. Thank you, Felix, for letting my husband take a picture of you in your pants. And you know what? I I will say with certainty... First time I've ever taken a picture with, with somebody a pair of else. Jinkos. Yeah, m- like, and it was prompted because of the Jinko jeans. Looks like we have a new trend. So, oh, and I also told Felix that I sold some of my pairs of Jinkos on eBay, and he got excited because, <laughs> judging by how Felix reacted, Felix has some Jinkos hanging out in his house that he could part ways with. Yeah. Uh, another thing I have written down on my notes here is that this. It wasn't like I was surprised. But it was just something like it was a it was a pleasant surprise. Both Bobo and Nick Groff, I never expected them to smell bad, but like they smelled like <laughs> I don't they, know why this I didn't even notice this. They smelled like they smelled very good. 
Well, yeah. I mean, they're not going to be dirty people. No, and that's and that's not what I'm what I'm insinuating. I I wasn't expecting to like. I would have never thought seeing Bobo on TV and the first time I met him. I bet you he smells super good. <laughs> I don't usually think that about people, anyways. I'm and like, neither do I. That person smells good. But I think, in particular, like particularly Bobo, it was just I think because that that was something I would have never associated with Bobo or Nick, I guess. But hey, congratulations on smelling super good. They just smelled really good. Um, another really cool thing, which I think you have information about. I do. Yes. Is the Ouija board and how. A woman created it. Yes. Yeah, so there, there is this company called the Talking Board Historical Society. And Lindsay and I did goober this one as well because we wanted to go back and buy a pin that was donated directly to their organization. But we forgot because we were starstruck because we saw Nick Roth and then we went and saw Jinkos and then we totally forgot. But our new friend Robert Murch is the founder of the Talking Board Historical Society and what he does and what his group does is they just raise money to promote Ouija boards and the whole, I guess, art and aesthetic and history of talking boards. Yeah. And they had some cool old ones that they found in like abandoned buildings and stuff like that. And I guess he has a bunch of them. I think you can go see them on display. You can. You can also just go to robertmerch.com. That's Robert. And then Merch is M-U-R-C-H. And uh, he was a super nice dude. And the project they're currently working on now is to raise money to get a proper headstone at the cemetery where the lady who officially created the Ouija board is resting. And she doesn't have a proper headstone and she was never giving, g- given the credit that she deserves. And this is something that we can both stand behind 100,000%. Yeah, they had really cool pins and everything like that. And everything that is purchased goes back into the organization for raising money for either her headstone or just keeping the research alive. Yeah, all of the proceeds, I guess. Yeah, they just absorb back into the business and it's super cool. So the the woman's name who created the Ouija board is Helen Peters Nosworthy or Nosworthy. Hmm. And her husband's name's Ernie. Ernie and Helen. Isn't that nice? That's very nice. Yeah, there See, were these... I wonder if, because they she created the Ouija board, I wonder if she would be the easiest person to talk to if you were to communicate. Through with, the Ouija board. Through the Ouija board. Maybe so. Well, the reason why it's called a Ouija board, which is something that I found out while we were, t- like, it, it was on the back of his card or something, is when she was sitting there and asked the board what it would like to be called after she made the board, it spelled the word Ouija, O-U-I-J-A. And then mm. she asked what that meant. Uh, the 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 board. I I'm not sure if it still has this little thing on it. I know it has like yes and no and stuff or sun and moon or something. But and it um, has goodbye. Has goodbye. Yeah, hello, goodbye. Hello. But she asked what it meant, and it went to the little icon on the board that just said good luck. Oh, which is funny. So I think the name Ouija board. I guess according to whatever spirits were possessing the Ouija board means the good luck board. Which kind of is like completely different from what people use the Ouija board for. Well, that's if you take the word, the the phrase good luck literally. It could be (laughs) good luck. It could be sarcastic. Or it could mean like, good luck. Have a great day. Hey, have a great day. Good luck. Hey, Helen. I'm Zozo. Have a great day. Have a great day, Helen. I hope no one takes credit for all the hard work you've done. Good luck. Listen, I'm a demo. And I'm so glad that you created a way for me to communicate with people that I want to scare. Thanks, Helen. 
Thanks, Helen. So if you would like to check out more about Robert Murch and his wonderful organizations and causes, again, it's robertmurch, M-U-R-C-H.com, and you can check a bunch of stuff out. Some of the other projects uh, that Robert Murch has done is the um, OuijaCon or a big Ouija convention in 2015. I believe that was in Baltimore. There's this Ouija board uh, like history DVD and Blu-ray release party. Uh, there was a filming project that he had done. It's just really cool that Robert Murch is so invested in promoting the history of the Ouija board and keeping Ouija boards alive. And he was super nice. Yeah, Crypticon was a really cool place. I mean, there was a place that had artifacts from different things. Like one lady had a piece of the original Amityville Horror House. Um, yeah, that was and that Greg, was really cool. Greg and Dana Newkirk of this traveling paranormal museum. They have like over 200 plus artifacts from different things. And I mean, if you ever get a chance to check out a Crypticon, I highly recommend it. 100,000%. I, I would say like anything even remotely related to paranormal stuff or crypto stuff. I mean, I guess anything that we discuss on our on our show, if there's any convention based on anything we've covered, we, we can't recommend going enough. And I'm, I'm sure that we're also kind of like super excited about it because this, this was our first one. Right. But it was definitely fun. But we also did some other spooky things while we were in Kentucky. Oh, um, we did. We really wanted to go to the Waverly Sanitarium, which we were very close to. It was an old hospital that they converted, and then it definitely went through the whole tuberculosis epidemic and all this stuff, and it's supposed to be severely haunted, but we just missed the guided tour line because now they're getting ready for their Halloween thing That's this right. October. So we just missed the guided tour. So we were a little bummed about that, but we did get to go see Daniel Boone's grave, which is a cool cemetery. It was really pretty. Correct. Yeah, I think there was like allegedly there's some like if you go there, maybe you can see something or hear something. There, we, we did see a really beautiful view of Frankfort, Kentucky. Yeah, it actually was up on a hill, so it was a really pretty view up there. We also ran into a little haunted boat. I would say side. a gigantic haunted boat. Yeah, the what was the USS Nightmare. Yeah, when we were leaving the Newport Aquarium, we it's, it's right on the riverfront, right across from Cincinnati, Ohio, and we were leaving and at, well as we were walking in we're like oh well we we definitely need to go back and check out that gigantic decrepit tripping hazard of a <laughs> of a boat and we we checked it out on the way out and we were just walking up onto the boat and then some kid walked off the boat and said can't come on the boat so we said yeah, oh, but okay. i guess they do haunted tours of that boat and people have claimed to see a lot of strange weird things and it's a monstrosity of a boat yeah it's like it's I, been there for like where years where two pairs of socks or like really thick shoes in case there's like a loose nail or something. It's a it's a creepy boat. It's a really creepy boat. But we'll probably have to go back and check it out. But the creepiest place I think we went to was yes. Bobby Mackey's Music World. Now, if nobody knows about Bobby Mackey's, it's gained a lot of popularity from Ghost Adventures, Ghost Hunters, the BuzzFeed guys went there. A ton of paranormal groups have investigated this place. It's had uh, like reports on like Travel Channel shows and stuff like that. It's arguably one of the most haunted places in the entire world 
some guys in there used to practice satanic rituals. There was an exorcism done there. Some guys cut off a lady's head and threw it down a well or maybe even her entire body down a well in the basement. It's allegedly insanely haunted by real life demons. And we were just there. We were able to like walk right up to the building and walk around and check it out. Yeah, I mean, it's been called, a lot of the folklore say that it was used as a slaughterhouse in the early 19th century. It was, took on a bunch of different names. It was a gateway to heck. <laughs> and it also is supposed to be haunted by someone named Pearl Bryan, who was supposedly decapitated. Yeah, that's the lady, Pearl, who got her head cut off by these two rapscallions. Yeah, well, her corpse was found in a field 2.5 miles from this site. So, I mean, there was a bunch of Satanists there that did rituals. It's not like very well secured. No, I mean, it's a creepy building and it's really big. It's an old building. There was a dancer that worked there named Johanna that supposedly committed suicide with poison. Their old, I guess, caretaker of the place who lived above the bar in the apartment there was allegedly possessed and they videotaped, videotaped, they video recorded his exorcism there inside the building. Yeah, it's just a lot of really weird stuff. It's kind of just creepy being at the building. We did not go inside the building. I think you would have to probably contact an owner to get in oh, there. For sure. But yeah, just creepy stuff. I think just being outside the building, knowing what we know about it, just its reputation alone was was plenty scary. Oh, absolutely. And there has been a lot of different things that have been on here. A uh, fun fact that I actually just looked up is on December 13th, 1991, Mackie and his wife, Janet, and a caretaker, Carl Larson, were guests on the Jerry Springer show. Oh, fun. And October 30th, <laughs> 1992, the Mackies once again, and Larson were also guests on Geraldo. I wonder if it was because of the like, I, I live in a haunted place or something. I think it probably was. And then... Um, Did you say the, the caretaker's name was Carl? Yes, Carl Lawson. And I think there was something with him too, something about he, something happened to him well, as well. That, that was the guy who had gotten possessed, I believe. Oh. He was sort of a, a, a scrawny dude with glasses. And I think it was on the, the second time that the Ghost Adventures guys went to this place that's when they were showing footage of him getting exercised. Not like, you know, gotcha. running around the block, but like getting the... Just a the lot demons. of weird stuff. And it's a weird building in the middle of nowhere. It's it's right by that big scrapyard. Yeah, and it's like, it's pretty... It's kind of scary in that area. Yeah. Um, it's a scarier, I would a, say. It's a scarier. But yeah, there's tons of stuff. I mean, BuzzFeed Unsolved, if you follow those guys, which we absolutely love that show. Those guys are great. They were on there. The Ghost Hunters, The Ghost Adventures, Travel Channel's Most Terrifying Places in America were there. I mean, everybody. Discovery Channel, their series A Haunting was there. Like, this place has gotten a lot of publicity, and it's really cool because they haven't really made it like a tourist trap. Yeah, it's not very, at all. It's very just as is and very creepy. Uh, Rachel Ray was there. Rachel Ray was not there. Um, <laughs> Alex Garnaschelli was there, and they and uh, oh, Ted just Allen. all the cooks went there. Yeah, they act. That's actually, which is a fun fact. Uh, spoilers. That's where they filmed Chopped. Is oh, is Bobby Mackey's Is in musical. the basement of Bobby Mackey's. Yeah, and it's very scary. Bobby Flay's been there. Yeah, Martha Stewart. I already said Ted Allen, but he loves it there. 
I think the most traumatizing ones were, I think the ghost adventures were there twice or three if times. If not three times. And every experience they had was very intense. Yeah, I think a lot of reports of people getting scratched, which yeah, three scratches. Demon. If you're ever in a place and you feel like you're getting scratched and there's three scratches or three three scratch marks, allegedly that means it's demonic. Right. But then, you know, like BuzzFeed Unsolved, which... You know, one of them is kind of a skeptic and one of them wants to believe so bad. And they didn't really get too much, but, you Maybe know. Maybe just a few noises or something. I think it's the energy you portray. If you go into it not believing that you're going to hear anything, then I think you won't. Yeah, and I think if you really don't believe in that stuff anyways, every every noise is easily dismissible. Right. And I wanted to take a brick from Bobby Mackey's, but Jordan wouldn't let me. No, because I didn't want to drive back to Columbus, Ohio with a haunted brick in our car. Well, I was just going to send it as a giveaway, which we probably will have a giveaway soon. We have some awesome little gifts that we have, and it'll probably be a Halloween giveaway because, hey, we're spooky spouses and Halloween is cool. Lindsay and I have been watching a lot of videos on YouTube about the super creepy dark web mystery boxes. So I think the next giveaway, since it might be closer to Halloween, might be our own version of a dark web mystery box. Yeah, we that's a whole nother thing. But, you know, dark web mystery boxes, are they real? Are they <laughs> fake? Most of the time, I think that they're fake. But hey, they're fun. They're super fun. Yeah. Or if you not. I don't know. They're kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I chalk it up to a bunch of people on the dark web getting money from people and trying to make it as creepy as they possibly can. Yeah. But hey, good for them. Yeah. Why not? Seriously. Because like, those boxes are not cheap. Like, I think the cheapest one is like $300. Yeah. Which is like, I will easily set aside two hours to put a bunch of fake blood over a stuffed giraffe and then put a dead mouse. I'll go find a dead mouse. Not the DJ. Yeah, don't kill one. No. Just find one already dead. I'll find a dead I'll okay. find a dead squirrel somewhere <laughs> in our neighborhood, put it in the box with fake blood on a stuffed giraffe, three hundred bucks, boom, done. But our giveaway will not be a dead squirrel or a no, dead mouse. We will actually have some really cool gifts for you. Yes. So stay tuned because we'll probably be announcing that. Yeah. Just uh stay tuned to our Instagram or our Twitter, which is at spooky underscore spouses. And hey, if you want to talk more about CryptidCon or if you have any suggestions for any cons that you think we need to go to in the future or any places or festivals or anything, please feel free to either reach us on social media or send us an email at SpookySpousesCast at gmail.com. And this coming October for Halloween month, we're going to have some really fun things for you. So stay tuned. It'll be so scary. Hold on to your scare face. What? Hold on to your scary hair. One more. Try another one. Um, <laughs> Hold on to your creepy legs. Don't diaper yourself. Is that okay? Don't lose your groove. Lose your groove? Your spooky groove. What is your spooky groove? You know, like just being spooky and grooving. <laughs> <laughs> don't lose it. Hey, don't lose it. Can you not? Because you're going to use it. Oh, when you're so scared. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so get your scare face ready. Okay. Because here we come. <laughs> <laughs> we would also like to thank Eli Rexford Chambers, the spookiest, for the theme music you heard at the beginning, middle, and you will be hearing in the next two minutes and 24 seconds. If that's actually right, I'm going to feel super cool. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Eli. You can find Eli on social media at Eli Who Does Music. And also a thank you to everybody over at the Scavengers Network, our little network podcast family, I yeah, guess. Yeah, our, uh, our Scav fam. 
our Scafam. And of course, thank you to all you listeners out there. Like I always say, if there is no you, there is no us. And if I can make a small plug for something I'm going to be doing, uh, this coming Thursday is, I believe it's this Thursday, is the second season of the Scavengers Network show Myth Takes, which is a Monster of the Week live action podcast, similar to many of the ones that are very popular these days. And I'm on that for this season, which I think will only be four to five episodes long. But if you'd like to hear it, please listen in every Thursday or every other Thursday. And that show is called Myth Takes. And it's very fun. I play an internet nerd named Garth Larson. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, thanks for listening to our unconventional Rambler episode. Yeah. Have a Momo Monday. Oh, that was really good. Because Momo, he's, she, I like to think Momo's a girl. That's fine. She's my new groove. Have a U.S., no, 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 no. Have a Bobby Mac, no, because that's Monday too. Have a Oogie Boogie Wednesday. Why don't, you're way better at these than I am, so you just, I'm I just rattling them off. Get in, give us, give me three more rapid fire. Um, Bing, bang, boom. Man, this is too hard now. What do you mean? You just said you're really good at it. Have a Chomper Friday. Okay, two more. Have a gory, ory Wednesday. Okay, last one. I did already say Wednesday. Yeah, um, do Saturday. Have a silly leg Saturday. Silly leg. Stanky leg. Okay, yeah, have a stanky leg Saturday. Yeah, a spooky stanky leg sta- Saturday. I mean, and hey, don't listen to us. You just do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Get your spooky groove on. Well, until next Monday when your spooky groove is going to be in full effect, we will see you later. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. All aboard. All aboard. All aboard. All aboard.